We know that evil is diabolic, separates. We know that our Lord unites into our wholeness and to healing. So the first question to be able to get, to be able to tap into the Holy Spirit for the courage is to say, this is what I signed up for. So this discomfort I feel walking out of my house with a shirt with a big cross on the front and remember the unborn, this is what I signed. I said, I will follow you, Lord. I will do what you asked me to do. You asked me to do what you did. You asked me to pick up my cross and follow you. You said that there'll be wonderful, joyful times, but you also said that there'll be beautiful sacrifices. So a number of weeks ago now, I was asked to go and speak for a group called Life Runners. They're a pro-life group. I was speaking at their banquet. Now, I don't often get to do that, but this is a phenomenal group. Do you know at LifeSite we have the Mother Miriam show? Mother Miriam, as many of you know, was formerly Rosalind Moss, who was Jewish. She converted, became a Protestant, and then after about a decade of trying to convert Catholics, she became a Catholic. Not only did she become a Catholic, she became a Catholic and then formed, uh, became a nun and under Cardinal Burke formed a religious order. Now, it was very interesting because her calling, her charism, if you will, is to go out on the street dressed in her traditional habit and be a witness. And that's been stellarly successful. In fact, there's a story about a guy walking on the street seeing Mother Miriam, and with tears in her eyes, asking, hey, where have you been for the last 50 years? Because that witness of Christ is so powerful that just by walking around in her full habit, she was that witness. Now, Life Runners has a very similar MO, if you will. They are, as the name says, runners. They run through the streets, but they wear a beautiful jersey. Remember the unborn, with a scripture verse on it, Jeremiah 1.5. And it's that verse is all about how our Lord created us in the womb. He knew us before we were in the womb. But Life Runners was a group that LifeSite interviewed, wow, many, many years ago now. It was 2011, if memory serves. And it was neat because there was a bishop running. It was Bishop Paprocki, actually. He was running a race with this Life Runners journey, Jersey. And incredible, because it was a neat story. There's a bishop running for pro-life. What a, what a great story. But this is a stunning group because that's what they do. They're witnesses for Christ. In fact, one of their chants is all in Christ. And the response is for pro-life. And so what an incredible witness these folks are. Do you know when we first interviewed Life Runners in 2011, there was, mm, I think, under 200 of them around the world? Now, that number is over 20,000. We're going to bring in the founder of Life Runners, Dr. Pat Castle, and talk to him about how this amazing witness for life started. Believe it or not, it started with a miraculous run with a saint, no less. You're going to want to stay tuned for this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. 
As you know, LifeSite News has been at the forefront of exposing the Great Reset and the globalist forces that seek to subvert our world, from the Vatican to the highest halls of government to the local Planned Parenthood. And that's why LifeSite News is sponsoring the 2023 Crusader Night Congress to fight back against the anti-life cabal that seeks to control all of our lives. This event has a theme that the world desperately needs. The theme is for alter culture, and trade. And what does that mean? Well, it means making the social kingship of Christ the center of family and individual life to restore Christendom. It means making deeper connections between Catholic families. It means restoring and rebuilding Christendom in all sectors of society. It means reclaiming North America for the culture of life. The 2023 Crusader Night Congress is being held by American patriot and faithful Catholic Mike Church. The dates are May 5th, 6th, and 7th in the heart of Louisiana's Cajun country. To learn all the details and register to attend, head on over to upontherocks.co, not .com, by the way, that's upontherocks.co, or give them a call at 844-527-8723. LifeSite News is proud to sponsor this event, and I sincerely hope you can attend. Pat Castle, welcome to the program. Hey, John Henry, all in Christ. For pro-life. Yeah, you know it. It was so good having you in Omaha a, a couple of weeks ago. And praise God, we got to do the, the Catholic circuit with you and, you know, start by sacrifice and going down and stand in front of the abortion facility and you led us in the rosary and then we went up to that retreat center and walked the stations of the cross stood in that marian grotto stood beneath that big crucifix there all just overlooking that abortion facility giving us that real strong sense that that spiritual war is tangible there at carhartt's abortion facility in bellevue and then we went to the holy family shrine where they have the largest Holy Family um, etched glass image in the world at that Holy Family shrine. We made it to the Ablaze House of Prayer, where we ran into that men's group the, that were also incidentally a running group that we collided and we blessed and invited them into mission, the mission of the Life Runners, which is a messaging ministry, a ministry to as you described in the intro, we have that that jersey with the message that you mentioned that has remember the unborn. Here's a little baby onesie. So we have, you know, all ages, all speeds, all sizes on the team. I think the real little life runners really penetrate the heart when you see that message on a little baby or a child. About a third of the life runners in the world are students, kindergarten to college. But I also like when you get a good wide-shouldered life runner, a good three or four XL where they're like a billboard walking down the street. And we love our slow life runners. Half the life runners, John Henry, they never run. There's 10,000 runners and about 11,000 walkers. So the walkers outnumber the runners now. And we say, awesome, because people can read there, remember the unborn shirts and have a conversation easier with them than if the life runner was running. So praise God. Thank you for having me join you to witness today to all things life. Absolutely. Well, let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, as you were saying about taking me around, I wanted to say one thing. This is really stunning. You know, I know you're a very busy man. And uh, especially when you lead an apostolate, when you lead a work for life, you're always extremely busy. And you and your family were so gracious to take me around after the speaking engagement. I thought, oh, wow, this is a whole day, quote unquote, wasted. Now, it wasn't wasted because we went and prayed. We witnessed for life. We did all this. But I honestly witnessed a miracle. So here we are. We're spending literally the whole day from morning to night with a very busy man, going around to pray at different places, visit shrines and so on, attending, of course, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And what happened? Well, our Lord, not to be outdone, does this incredible miracle. As you were describing, we're at the Ablaze House of Prayer, and we're there doing this same kind of touring around, witnessing, praying, and doing all that which everybody might think, that's the nice stuff, the kind of stuff you have to do because, you know, the guest came all the way over and, oh, well, it's a wasted day. Well, not really. Not at all. The miracle of that meeting. So here's what happens. We're there and like 20 guys walk out of an adoration chapel and they're there. They've been praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And kid you not, like you couldn't have staged this. We get to talking and they're like, yeah, we're a running group. <laughs> and I was like, do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to holy the head softball, of John Life Henry. Runners. The Lord floated a holy softball to us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, then, and then the kid, the kid, young adult, but he's a kid in our terms, says, you know what? We run right through the busiest street in <laughs> Omaha. There's like 20 guys. We need a jersey. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that feeling when you you know there's a miracle happening? I always get this kind of shrinking feeling, like I'm so <laughs> small compared to the divine reality going on in front of me. And I'm watching this play out going, wow, God. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Holy appointment. And um, so that wasted day turns into this fruit, which I don't know. Could you have got like 20 guys to run through town with your jersey all in one day? I don't know. That's it's impossible. Our Lord's amazing. And, you know, we've already had about half of that men's group. So 10 of them that have already registered and want a remember the unborn running singlet. So we'll, we'll slowly, you know, get that whole group of 20, John Henry. And, and you can visualize the power as we mentioned in our intro the power of the the pro-life messaging that you know they had mentioned that people say yeah we saw you running but now they're going to see them running and they're going to not just see one remember the unborn message but they're going to be messaged by 10 to 20 men all in unity and you know that that's going to be a penetrating image for the culture to see these young men wearing their witness standing up for life as intended by God for the real meaning of manhood. They will be demonstrating it as protectors and providers for, you know, for the unborn, for, for life. I, I bet you that has huge ramifications for Life Runners. Agreed. In fact, 
I would I would bet that uh, very soon you're going to get a call from like um, the Omaha newspaper or or media right. television media there going, what's going on with these guys running through downtown? Praise God. Beautiful. A lot of folks are going to want to know how this group got started. Mm. And your story is so fascinating. I want to hear it from you. But the story of the running with a saint Mm -hmm. is really going to take people. Pat, can you take us through that? Absolutely. And I want to lead that off as, as we describe that origin of Life Runners. I want to offer viewers and listeners the Life Runners Creed. So I'm going to pray this creed. And if everyone could just kind of listen in to who are the Life Runners? What is the Life Runners apostolate? And then I'll pick up with that first encounter with St. Padre Pio um, that inspired the first Life Runner, that being me. Um, and hopefully there's people listening that will want to put on a shirt with a big cross on the front uh, and a Holy Spirit dove to pick up your cross and follow me, pick up our four ounce shirt cross. And then in that message, that life-saving message, remember the unborn, as we know, whatever we do for the least of our brothers and sisters, we do for our Lord. So it really is a great way to wear our witness, to live our faith. So who are the life runners? Well, in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We believe in the dignity of all human life from conception to natural death. We run as a prayer to defend children in the womb so that they may be born and united with our Christian community. We run to build endurance for the race is long and we must keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord. We run for awareness so our culture will view all human life as a reflection of your glory, Lord. We run for charity to provide support for mothers and fathers tempted to abort their child and healing support for post-abortion women, men, and families. We run to end abortion, for Christ died so that all may live. Guard us all, born and unborn, with your peace, Lord, for in you life is victorious. We pray and run in your name, Jesus Christ, amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Padre Pio, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So Life Runners was founded, John Henry, in prayer and devotion. So uh, my running partner and I, uh, we would meet in the morning at the United States Air Force Academy, and we would pray um, for an end to abortion. We would break open the word. We'd read the daily mass readings for that day. And we just would set the tone for teaching cadets at the Air Force Academy chemistry. But we began each morning with this huddle. And that prayer and devotion, um, we brought into training for the Pikes Peak Ascent. And so in this training, there was a lot of just great conversion, deeper, closer to Christ in our sacrifice. I mean, we'd go on these four-hour training runs up a mountain. I mean, this was challenging training, but we made it holy. And praise God, we had faith, John Henry, because I don't know how people could do it without it. You know, we pray the rosary, just really edifying conversations. So that really set the scene. Like God had prepared the ground, the air, all the elements for the story of the meeting of the saint. Because people ask me like, wow, was it just like being knocked off a horse? I'm like, uh-uh. It was like a plowed field 
that had gotten planted and was about to start growing. So, and people don't hear that part of the story. So the morning we've done our training, it's, um, you know, 12 August, 2006. And I remember thinking that if it was a perfect day, that maybe it'd be possible for this grand goal, this desire of my heart of breaking three hours, racing up a 14,000 foot mountain, 13.1 miles and about, you know, 50 or less people break uh, three hours in it. And so this is my goal. And I lined up and I was like, wow, the Lord gave us the perfect day. Temperature wise, there's kind of a mist in the air. It was just this ideal running conditions. It made me smile. Like I'm lined up with my shoes on the starting line. So this is, you know, holy ambition. Like, Lord, okay, let's, let's do this. You know, you didn't make us for comfort. You made us for greatness. Let's go do something great in your name and proclaim your name through this. So my first prayer, I'm going to, as I tell the story of this encounter with St. Pio, John Henry, I'm going to tell it with six prayers. So in those prayers, I'm going to line up with the six wounds of Christ that were on St. Pio's body. Many listeners will have never heard of the six wound. I will finish with telling about the six wound. And many people will have never heard about St. Pio's six wound. So the first prayer was a prayer of gratitude. I just said, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to chase this desire of my heart. The second prayer was above treeline. So treeline is 11,000 feet. Those that have been above treeline on a mountain, it's like being on the moon. It's just all rocks. There's you know very little vegetation. But this prayer up there was, I was socked in a thick fog and I didn't have any orientation to all the milestones that I had trained on for what time I should be at. So I'm basically lost on the mountain because I have no reference points. So my second prayer is I said, Lord, I'm lost and I need your help. So it was an ask prayer, you know? And I remember John Henry, I looked at my watch after that prayer and my watch said two hours and 50 minutes. So mind you, my goal is three hours. I'm within 10 minutes. So imagine even the building frustration of I'm so close, but I don't know how close. So right after finishing that prayer, someone behind me said, we are 10 minutes from the top and we're going to break three hours, just like that. And I remember thinking, how peculiar. First of all, this person's so close. Second of all, it was a very dangerous scene on the side of this mountain. And they sounded really good. Like, you know, up where we were at, we were on 13,000 feet. I would have had the labor to greet you, John Henry, just even be like, I mean, auction to probably, and this person sounded just perfect. So the journey continues, but you know, I'm, I'm a little encouraged by this person kind of knowing where we're at. So uh, third prayer, the third prayer is I can hear people at the top and it frustrates me because I cannot see where I'm at. So my third prayer was a surrender prayer. Lord, I surrender this desire of my heart to you and your glory. If you do not want me to break three hours racing up this, this little small desire in my heart, no problem. May you be glorified. But I paused, John Henry, in my prayer. And I said, but Lord, you know I'm going to do whatever you need me to if you need me to break three hours. So I looked at my watch. My watch said 255. 
this person behind me on cue. We are five minutes from the top. We are going to break three hours just like that. It was odd. You know, I didn't see the person. It was as if the person was standing right next to me. It was peculiar. It was mystical. It was mysterious. It felt like otherworldly. So prayer number four, I look up the mountain, John Henry, through a boulder field, and I can see the finish line. I looked down on my watch and my watch said 259, 259 flat. And I remember thinking, there is no way in one minute that I can make it through those 16 switchbacks to the finish. It's, it absolutely was an impossibility based on my training at the top of the mountain through the summer. But I knew who could help me get there. So my fourth prayer was, come Holy Spirit, carry me forth. I'm like, God can do anything. It's all his. He, he can turn the earth on its, on its axis. He can, he can regrow a limb. A blind person can see. This isn't, God doesn't have a problem with problems. I'm like, this isn't a burden to him. Why not ask in faith? And it was, and I was so close to him. It was such, it was such a deep sacrifice. It was so painful, so hard. I just entered into that. I have no recollection of going over that boulder field. Zero. So the story I'll tell you with prayer four was all eyewitness accounts. And the eyewitness account said, I was the only person they saw run over a boulder field. So imagine someone racing over boulders. Everyone else kind of hiked over it because it was treacherous. So I ran over the boulder field. My first memory is seeing the finish line. And the finish line clock said 2.59.49. And then I came across the finish in 259.51. Remember, we're only on prayer four. We got two to go. I crossed the finish line. I grabbed two volunteers. I put my weight on them. One of the volunteers collapsed under my weight. So now we all go down at the finish line. A journalist reports to me after you know visiting with her after this, this story I'm sharing that she could hear the commotion at the finish line, like there was something happening. So people saw that there was something awesome that the Lord was doing, cheering. And in the pictures from the journalists, people's arms are up, they're clapping. If you go to liferunners.org slash creed, you can see that beautiful creed, that prayer that we prayed before the story. And there's a picture of me collapsed at the finish line of that. And you remember what I, I said in that prayer? I said, but Lord, if, if you do this through me, you know I'm going to proclaim your name from the top of this mountain. So sure enough, I'm laying at the finish line. That journalist came up with a pen and paper and stood over me and said, that was the most exciting finish of the day. Can you give me a statement? And I said, yes. With one minute to go, which was like about a minute ago, I had just finished and collapsed. I prayed, come Holy Spirit, carry me forth. On the front of the sports section, circulation, Colorado Springs, 430,000 newspapers for the most famous event in the city, the Pikes Peak Ascent, isn't the winner's picture. It's a picture that you'll see at liferunners.org slash creed of me collapsed, looking up with a drool on my face, looking up, it looks like I'm looking to St. Peter going, hey, St. Peter, you know, you're ready to greet me? Like looking at the pearly gates. And the caption read, um, 
Air Force Academy chemistry professor Pat Castle collapsed at the finish. Well, kind of collapsed. Remember that volunteer collapse? Quote, with one minute to go, I prayed, come Holy Spirit, carry me forth. So they, they have that. So that witnesses to the whole city, people that were interested in America's ultimate challenge. That's the title of that race. America's ultimate challenge. Running a race up a 14,000 foot mountain. And that's what the front page news was. God got the glory. And we got, we have two prayers to go. Prayer number five, I'm sitting there on a rock minutes after the finish, minutes after the statement to the journalist. And I asked someone to borrow their phone to call my mom. How pro-life is that? Let your mom know you're okay. She said, Patrick, please tell me when you, you know, that you're okay. You know, moms know their sons and daughters. So I called my mom, mom, Patrick, before you tell me anything, I need to share something with you. I'm like, okay, what? Did anything unusual happen at two hours and 50 minutes into the race? You, you Right expression, John Henry. And I said, yes, why? She said, okay, at two hours and 50 minutes into the race, I sensed that you were in trouble. Something was wrong. And I asked my friend, St. Padre Pio, to finish the race with you. I could have dropped the phone, John Henry. And she said, so, and I said, mom, let me, let me call you back. But yes, something happened. Short conversation. I reflected on it going down the mountain on that bus. And I'll tell you my reflection. This is weird. Like, this is really weird. This precision of God that I remembered 25000 and my mom telling me on the phone that she wrote 25000 on a piece of paper knowing in faith that something significant was going to happen, that Padre Pio was going to do exactly what he promised. One of my favorite Padre Pio quotes is, Lord, please don't allow me into the kingdom until I've been allowed to help all my friends into the kingdom. I think the Lord gave him the, an answer to that prayer. Think of all the stories, John Henry, of how St. Padre Pio continues to have encounters with people and meet with people and miraculous encounters. I'm just another story to go along with all the other stories. And I didn't know that at first, John Henry. I knew Padre Pio's name, but obviously I dug in and read on him. So we still haven't gotten to prayer six. I went home. I didn't tell my spouse. I didn't tell my family about it. My mom, obviously, and I had this little encounter because I wanted to look in the newspaper the next day and see who the guy was behind me. I still, it still hasn't gotten, hadn't gotten through my head that maybe St. Pio really was with me for real with me in the mystical body of Christ. So I looked in the newspaper, John Henry, there wasn't another person behind me for a minute and 47 seconds, a minute and 47 seconds. If you go out your front door and time that and just walk down the street, that'll get you a couple blocks down the street. That doesn't answer the guy that was quite literally right off my shoulder. So I resolved that, wow, a saint, a dead saint who's fully alive is, is really still doing God's glory, still being used by God in this very real communion of saints and is as real as we are, maybe more real in, in capacity you know, in the, in the glorified sense. And so this encounter, um, obviously, John Henry, as you can imagine, it honed and sharpened my, my Catholic focus. 
The next step was forming a men's group that studied a book called Unbound by Neil Lozano. And we learned about evil in the modern world. That group of men at the end of that six month weekly study, we said, what are we going to do? And someone in the group said, well, let's go after the crown jewel of Satan, abortion. Let's go stand in front of an abortion facility once a month to defend life from conception. And once a month, let's go to a nursing home and just be with the elderly to bless them, to defend life uh, through natural death. So that humble beginning of Life Runners, 2006, 2007, then we started a devotions group from that men's group. Talk about aligning men's groups from your story you shared, John Henry. And we bound, we went through 3,000 Life Runners devotions that we wrote over 10 years based on the daily mass readings. A year and a half ago, we bound the best 366. Bernadette Costello, the director of operations for Life Runners, read them all, made notes on all of them, racked and stacked. And there's 108 authors reviewed by Bishop Paprocki, who was in your opening story, the Bishop running the marathon, one of the first life site news stories about life runners back in 2011. He reviewed it and has his review comment. Also Bishop Joe Coffey, associate uh, auxiliary Bishop to the military archdiocese, you know, another heroically pro-life Bishop, the two of them reviewed it. And then we've got lots of pro-life friends in here, Abby Johnson, and lots of just ordinary, everyday pro-life heroes, the kind of heroes that stand in prayer in front of abortion facilities and are willing to put on a shirt that says, remember the unborn on the back and a big cross with Jeremiah 1.5 on the front. Amen. That's the beginning of Life Runners. Absolutely beautiful. No. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be intimidated because the whole running thing, let alone running up a mountain, <laughs> right. sounds totally impossible. But <laughs> like I like to say, I'm unworthy but proud to call myself a life runner. But the kind of running that I do is mostly to run into people. And I'm very happy. <laughs> well, that's to good evangelization, John Henry. <laughs> you bump into them and then you just, hey, <laughs> you go from there. Absolutely. So you were going to tell us also about the, the six wounds wound. and how they apply. Please do. Okay. So there were six prayers and I'm also going to share the sixth prayer. If people are keeping the, we've done five. The fifth prayer was the intercessory prayer um, that my mom prayed. Intercessory prayer, asked St. Padre Pio to help me. The sixth prayer I say is the prayer where we put our prayer into action in the same spirit of James chapter 1, verse 22, to be doers of the word. So when you are wearing a shirt that we call our jersey with a big cross on the front and wear, literally wearing God's word, Jeremiah 1.5, and standing up for the least of our brothers and sisters, guess what? We are being the prayer. We're walking as a prayer. We're running as, we're bumping into people as a prayer. I mean, that sixth prayer is the prayer of doing, being, being the prayer. And so the, the six wounds, we know the first five wounds, the, the five wounds of Christ, but that sixth wound of Christ that some saints have spoken about um, is the, the shoulder wound. And so the shoulder wound, a lot of people don't know that St. Padre Pio had the shoulder wound. And what makes it really interesting, John Henry, is how we discovered it. So Bishop Carol Wojtyla, some 
viewers and listeners might recognize that name, St. John Paul II, went to visit St. Padre Pio in San Giovanni Rotundo to ask him for a prayer request. And that prayer request is one of the miracles, one of the two miracles of his canonization. He went and visited Padre Pio and asked him to pray for a friend of his that had cancer. And she was healed. But while he was meeting with St. Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio confided in him the sixth wound. So in discussing the stigmata, he said, oh, yeah, there's one other wound I have on my body, and it's the shoulder wound. So isn't it awesome that the Pope, so this is Bishop at the time, then become Pope that is going to canonize, had the knowledge of this sixth wound, delivered this prayer request that would be one of the two uh, miracles that led to his canonization, and later disclosed the sixth wound. So there's one other person that knew about the sixth wound that confirmed it. And that was one of his brothers who was his caretaker, did his laundry. So that brother said, yes, on his T-shirts, the largest wound on his body was a bloody stain across the shoulder of his T-shirts. And we did not know about this wound until long after Padre Pio had passed John Henry. And again, I bet a lot of viewers and listeners have never heard about Padre Pio six wound. So that is a great insight. And I like to say, John Henry, that that six wound is beautiful in the sense that it was carried quietly. No one knew of this extra weight. And so when I present on this, I always say, what's your six wound? What's the wound? Is it an alcoholic son or daughter or an alcoholic spouse? Is it, you know, um, one of your loved one is imprisoned and no one knows it. What are you carrying that is a wound that's heavy that no one knows that you are counting on our Lord who can relate to your six wound that and St. Pio can relate to that six wound that no one knows about, but the Lord does. The Lord does. And St. Pio in that communion of saints, they do. Um, I just think it's beautiful that we carry these six wounds, but we don't carry them alone. We don't carry them alone. Our Lord carries them with us. Now, Pat, you are a colonel in the Air Force, if I'm not mistaken. A retired, yeah, a retired Air Force lieutenant colonel, medical squadron commander. So I commanded an Air Force clinic. So I do have the lens of, please, let's not clinic about an abortion clinic they're abortion facilities in the most neutral way a place where abortions happen but my goodness there's nothing medical about an abortion facility other than an ambulance oftentimes needs to be called or those people that go there end up in a clinic because they went there so one of the things that people might be taken aback by you run up mountains for three hours at a time, in three hours when nobody else can do that. You were a colonel in the Air Force. But your witness is stunning. Uh, I read one of your Facebook posts recently, and it talked about praying with mm. different people at the airport, just yeah. random people here and there. And miracles happen, sure, but the very act of doing that might seem daunting to some people. So I want your advice. Okay. You've given us the advice of not running, but walking, which is great. 
Because right. a lot of us want to take baby steps. How do we take baby steps to witnessing when it's intimidating? Mm. You're walking around right. with a hat or a T-shirt or a jersey or a, right. or a whatever sweater that says on it, remember the unborn. Hmm. That's kind of uncomfortable in our woke culture where you might think, yeah. ooh, somebody might, you know, key my car or something. Hmm. What's the baby steps? So, How do we get there? Great, great question. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the answer with, what did we sign up for? So I say that, and I'm going to blend it from a military perspective and from a Christianity perspective. You know, sometimes in the military, someone will be surprised that they're being deployed into harm's way. And, you know, I feel compassion. Like, I feel that suffering of uh, the sacrifice they're about to make. They're going to leave their family. They're going to be in harm's way. But, you know, I... I'm always a little remiss when I hear from someone in uniform basically give an answer, I didn't expect this, or to be surprised by it. And the, and the idea in my head is always, well, what, what did you think you signed up for? Like, that you're in uniform to defend, uh, to defend life, quite literally, to protect life against evil who wants to kill, uh, maim, um, uh, uh, you know, dismember, you know, just a perspective on our, on our Jersey, John Henry, I think that you'll like this philosophical look that our Jersey says to remember the unborn while the world is working to dismember. We know that evil is diabolic separates. We know that our Lord unites into our wholeness and to healing. So the first question to be able to get, to be able to tap into the Holy Spirit for the courage is to say, this is what I signed up for. So this discomfort I feel walking out of my house with a shirt with a big cross on the front and remember the unborn, this is what I signed. I said, I will follow you, Lord. I will do what you asked me to do. You asked me to do what you did. You asked me to pick up my cross and follow you. You said that there'll be wonderful, joyful times, but you also said that there'll be beautiful sacrifices and that we won't be alone. But you're going to need me to go with you into these places. You're going to need me to go into harm's way of the culture. Now, here's the good news, everybody. 99.9% .9 of comments that I get wearing that jersey, which, of course, as you configure, John Henry, all my clothes, <laughs> remember the unborn, a jacket or shirt, that's what I'm wearing out in public um are encouraging thank you for wearing that they're affirming yes sometimes you do get the year number one with the middle finger or a horrible comment while you're standing in front of an abortion facility but it's such a compassionate loving message remember the unborn that even evildoers are have a hard time saying anything horrible if anything john henry it just mutes them you know, like they, they, what do they say to that? Like it's because we didn't t say that you're, you know, it, you're a terrible person if abortion is in your life. No, we feel horrible that you got duped and we want to bring you back into union through the saving grace of our Lord, through the reconciling blood of the lamb. I mean, that's our invitation. You know, we're all St. Paul. We're all St. Peter. We're, we're all, you know, Mary Magdalene. We all have move from sin into life and are rewashing daily 
in the sacraments. So, you know, it's hard for e evildoers, people that are, and the spirit of the Antichrist has a hard time. Like, what do they, how do I even tactically say something horrible? So that's the good news. It actually, when you wear it, what you're going to find out, which you thought, and it is a little uncomfortable your first time walking out, is you're going to move from that feeling, John Henry, into the awesome power of the supernatural. And what, how that's going to affect you is by the time you get home that day, you're going to feel like you have a superhero cape on. Not that you, oh, my, oh, I'm going to go out there with this burden of this shirt. You're going to come home like, dun, 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 I'm a Christian. And today I did what Jesus asked. You are going to be encouraged to wear it again the next day. The more you go to mass, the more you want to go to mass. The more you go to the second reconciliation, the more you want the second reconciliation. The more you wear a shirt with a cross on the front and the remember the unborn, that's all you want to wear because you know that you are blessing the world and encouraging moms. When one in five pregnancies um, end in abortion, one in four women in their childbearing ages have had an abortion, imagine the high probability that somebody is really going to see your shirt at the movie theater, the grocery store, walking around the park, uh, wherever you're at, going to see you. And really, it's going to have an impact that really could result in saving that mother, that family from abortion, that little baby from being dismembered. That motivates life runners. And that's how we get courage. And I'll go back to the beginning of my answer. What did we sign up for? That's what we signed up for. Exactly. Now, what is that stat on the number of women who say that if they had seen a pro-life sign, it would have affected them? Yeah. So that stat, so the Students for Life of America did a survey of post-abortion women, and they asked them, what would it have taken for you to not have gone into an abortion facility? And it was interesting. They found that 78% of them said, one encouraging person, encouraging them to choose life or an encouraging sign. So I always say like, wow, life runners, we're double down. We're an encouraging person with an encouraging sign. We're like doubly encouraging. And so it brings that sign to life. Imagine a, a bumper sticker or a billboard, which they said, just seeing a billboard, a bumper sticker, that could have been enough to give them that little just uh, inject of encouragement but how about when you bring it to life with a person that's compassionate that is willing to wear that witness and then you know that mother in crisis is looking at that person and going wow they know the reality of my womb they know that this is that life is good and they are encouraging me to stop and do exactly what that message says just to remember the unborn. In that pause, John Henry, that was a moment. The, the Lord created the universe, you know, speaking as a PhD nano analytical chemist that taught biochemistry for 10 years, seven years at the Air Force Academy, and brought these spiritual, holy realities to the classroom that, yeah, there was an energy that created the universe. We have a name for that energy, God. But it was a moment, you know, when we talk about the Big Bang, God created the universe in a moment. We were conceived in a moment. And isn't it true, everybody, that a mother in crisis, a mother in an unexpected 
pregnancy in a grocery store that would glance over at someone's shirt that says, remember the unborn, that moment is life-saving for her. What are, what did you expect? What did you sign up for? That is so powerful. That is true of all of us. It's amazing to have that filtered down from, from the army, from the air force, from those out to defend the people of their country to apply that to the real war for which we're all soldiers. This is what we signed up for. And what do we expect? Amazing. I love that. This is what we signed up for John Henry, you know? So when we have, when there is um, any kind of persecution or any pushback or a snarky look, or you put a remember the unborn yard sign in front of your yard. And then my two neighbors have one and you see people walk by with that look like, Oh brother, you know, Praise God. You know, th there might've been an old brother, but they had to reflect on, think about that message. And I remember a life runner describing overhearing a couple walking by in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and overheard their conversation about their remember the unborn yard sign. And they said basically the following, I can't believe these neighbors have the audacity to have such a sign in their yard. But listen to the next part. She turns to him and says, but you know what? It really is a statement of how important they believe this issue is. So just that it brought them to contemplate, reflect, why would someone uh, stand up for the unborn? And they, they had a conversation about it. So yeah, that bold witness it matters. And that is what we signed up for. We signed up to be Christ bearers, to carry our cross, to, you know, Luke chapter nine, verse two, proclaim the kingdom of God, Jeremiah 1, 5, heal the wounded. We're reaching out and healing. We know that if we can reach a mother, a post-abortion mother with healing, giving her an opportunity to memorialize her child wearing such a jersey, that we know that's healing for her. We know that she's not going to be going back to an abortion facility after receiving healing, and then finally to help people be delivered from evil. I mean, the basic sense how to begin delivering people from evil, can't we shine the power of God's truth their way? Can't we, can't we elicit a response to move from the lukewarm to someone even cursing us? Can't we at least be able to get someone to the point where they have to resolve that there is an oppression in their life that we can then compassionately give the word of God and love to that person? So if it elicits a response, praise God, it moves our murky, moderate, mushy culture trying to be everything. I mean, how weird is it, John Henry, even this notion of, the pro-choice movement, which we know is a losing proposition, but even with Christians that will identify as, as pro-choice out of, I'll call it false compassion and say things like this. Well, I'm not, I'm not for abortion, but I just, you know, I feel so bad for mothers in those situations. And then to be able to explain to them, well, if you're not for abortion, then you, you, you can't be pro-choice because one of the choices is abortion. You know, don't identify that way. Identify as who you are. 
you're for life and encourage those mothers to choose life so they're not duped in those circumstances. You know, what I find truly beautiful about Life Runners is that you recognize what the real battle is. So many yes, people amen. think of the pro-life movement as a movement around, you know, just it's about trying to get people convinced that abortion is a bad thing and harmful, all of which is true. Yeah. But the reality is that this is not a battle of flesh and blood. It's about spiritualities and powers. Mm -hmm. This is the sacrament of the devil. Yeah. And you guys, by acknowledging all in for Christ, are all in Christ for pro-life, get that reality unashamed, unabashed, and out front the way so many people won't do, the way so many people hide from doing. But that is the only way. This is not one of those battles that can become just, you know, hard work will get us there. No, it won't. Mm. Christ and a witness to Christ will get us there. And you, my friend, do exactly that. Well, Where can God. people get a hold of you? How can they learn more about runners? Where do they get a jersey, t-shirt, or whatever, okay. even if they're not runners, but walkers. That's right. We'll run into people like I do. Um, how can we find out more? Yeah. So what, one beautiful thing, there's so many wonderful pro-life apostolates and, and ways to help push back on the crown jewel of Satan abortion, to regain territory in the Lord's name, especially at such a time as this when, praise God, the abortion facilities are being dissolved away in this post-row reality. But once those abortion facilities are being dissolved away, guess what? There needs to be a way to reach mothers in unexpected pregnancies. And so we are little walking pregnancy help centers identified with a shirt that says, remember the unborn, um, really doing some of those similar uh, duties of a pregnancy help center. And, and we also are little satellite pregnancy help centers, pointing them to, to those local pregnancy help centers. 79% of post-abortion women, John Henry, said they didn't even know there was such a thing as a pregnancy help center. So when we encounter someone that needs help, you alluded to praying with people in the airport a couple of weeks ago when I was traveling back from speaking at the Bella Medical Clinic um, Gala in San Francisco and traveling back, we were sitting there, you know, and going, wow, we've got an hour. Let's go pray with people. Let's encourage people. One of those people, you can't make this up, you know, Holy Spirit highlighting. One of those people was a young lady in a crisis pregnancy. And, you know, she was contemplating the abortion pill and received some very good information in that supernatural encounter of just stepping out in faith. And so as life runners were that, and, you know, those life runners I'd mentioned earlier, about a third of life runners, 9,000 of the 21,000 life runners are in schools. So if you have students, you have children, grandchildren, uh, you can go to our website, liferunners.org slash chapters. And we've got a hundred chapters of life runners in schools. It could be everything from a club to every kid in the school. Every staff member has a life runner shirt that they wear on the first Wednesday of the month. That's the drumbeat for the Life Runners Apostolate, first Wednesday of the month. So, and Life Runners provides those shirts to schools. So, if you get the green light from your principal at your school, 
Life Runners will ship every student and faculty member a free Remember the Unborn shirt to wear at their school on the first Wednesday of the month. Moving from identifying as pro-life John Henry to being pro-life, wearing their pro-life, going out into the world as pro-life. Talk about really reinforcing into a child um, being, and they feel like little superheroes. Like I mentioned, the, the children, they love wearing that shirt. They love defending life. So that's something for listeners and viewers to think about like, oh yeah, okay. I have a school. Yeah. I'd like to do that. Kindergarten, kindergarten to college. We're in schools. And then you yourself, you and your family, you know how powerful it is when you see a family show up to the movie theater or a restaurant or mass all wearing a shirt that says, remember the unborn, a big cross in the front. You want to talk about witness. And do we need to witness in our own churches? Yes. You know, there's stats, John Henry, you and I have talked about this. Upwards to half the people in any given church aren't pro-life. As weird, that's the word, as weird as that is, as peculiar as that is. John chapter 10, verse 10, God, Christ came to give us life and life abundant. I mean, at the very basic reality, whether it's political or religious, we know that God gave us the gift of life, the greatest gift he gave us, and then Christ made that eternal. And we also know the first duty of government is to protect life. So a government that has legalized abortion gets an F right out of the gate because your first duty is to protect life. To imagine in America alone, on average, in one year of abortion, which the average right now is probably somewhere around a million uh, abortions per year since 1973, that one year average is more loss of life than all combat casualties in the history of America. And that number is 650,000. So these perspectives, we're able to walk in our faith. We're able to vote, if you will, with our footsteps and where we walked with wearing the shirt. So if you are encouraged and inspired right now, go to liferunners.org, hit the join button, fill out that online form to get our monthly updates of, hey, what are Life Runners doing? Well, you'll get to hear that we are... Uh, getting ready for our Across America Relay, the Across, because it forms Across America, from Canada to Mexico, from San Francisco to New York City, it forms Across for 40 days, little 5K segments, people from around the world participate, either geographically separated, they sign up for a little segment and do it on the island of Fiji, or do it in Bavaria, Germany, or do it in Ontario, Canada and they do it geographically separate, or some people make a pilgrimage and they go to the course. Like myself and Jeff Grabowski, the co-founder of this event, who ran across America for pro-life and prayer back in 2011, and then him and I co-founded the event. We went to the, the most stark segment of the Across America Relay, which is on America's loneliest highway in Nevada. And him and myself and board member Grant Fenske, Life Runners board member, we went and did 100 miles over two days. We ran 100 miles just to say we are going to go to the hardest section and we're going to go put boots on the ground and help people be motivated. So if you're like, whoa, that event is August 26th to October 8th, about 40 days. So you can get involved in that. And how exciting is that? 
And then lastly, we do one big race, John Henry, every year. We go to a secular world race. People always want to tell us, hey, you guys should you guys should do a pro uh, organize a pro-life marathon. And I said, what fun would that be that we're all all life runners together witnessing to each other? That doesn't sound like evangelism. I said, is this, doesn't it sound like more fun that if we go to the world's race with about 75 to 250 life runners, that's the average, John. Yeah, you're smiling. You're liking this better. And we show up there and we have really slow life runners, John Henry, like people walking the half marathon. And then we have really fast life runners like uh, Julia Webb, world record holder, Julia Webb who set the world record pushing a baby stroller, a Guinness Book of World Record, um, pushing a baby stroller in the Tulsa, Oklahoma half marathon in 2019. And it was the front page of Fox News Online on Thanksgiving in 2019. So we also have her husband, Alan Webb, who's the American record holder in the mile at three minutes, 46 seconds. He's a life runner, and he's the coach of Ave Maria University uh, distance team, cross country and track uh, in Florida. Yeah, so this is, people are like, oh, okay, right. What I wanted everyone to hear, John Henry, is Lord, help us to run as slow or as fast as you need us to. Give us really slow life runners. Give us fast life runners so that we can witness to everybody in that race everyone's going to get a chance to see that message, whether you're racing or a spectator. That event this year, um, and we've been to different events each year, 2008 Chicago, 2009 Sioux Falls, no, 2009 Twin Cities, Minnesota, 2010 Sioux Falls, 11 Kansas City, that's the one that you wrote about with Bishop Paprocki, 12 St. Louis, 13, 13, where were we in 13? Wow, it's great that we've been doing this for 15 years. I'll go to 14. Um, 14 was the Air Force Marathon in Dayton, Ohio. 15, Las Vegas, Nevada. How about bringing 75 life runners to Las Vegas, Nevada? I bet the devil hated our team. Um, now we're in 16. 16, we were in Philadelphia. We did the Philadelphia Marathon. We tried to put a Life Runners Remember the Unborn jersey on the Rocky Balboa statue. We made a we had a 5XL jersey Velcroed, and the security guard gave us a don't even think about it when we brought the picture <laughs> up. But we did save the shirt, John Henry, to bring this interview, our our conversation full circle. We brought that shirt the next year to Pietrocina, Italy for our mm. uh, um Saint Padre Pio relay for life 82 miles from Petrachina to San Giovanni Rotundo his birthplace to his ministry place and there was an eight-foot statue in Petrachina Italy at the place that he first received the pain of the stigmata and I turned to Father Joe Coffey and I said do you think it would be okay to put this jersey on Saint Pio and he <laughs> looked at me and said he's your friend He's our teammate. Of course it's okay. So my daughter Paige and Father Joe Coffey, now Bishop Joe Coffey and I put the 5XL jersey on the St. Pio statue. It was originally meant for the Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa, but there was an even more powerful Italian stallion that ended up getting the jersey. And that was St. Padre Pio from Petrocina. 
Amen. In 18, we are in Long he Beach, ran California. with you after all up the mountain. Exactly. In 19, we were, I think, in Florida. No, 19 was Tulsa. 20 was uh, canceled because of COVID. 21 was Indianapolis. 22 was Memphis. And here we go. Drum roll, everyone that's made it all the way through. Here we are cut up to current events, all things life runners. 21,057 of us. This year will be in the Black Hills of South Dakota under the shadow of Mount Rushmore um, on October 8th. So it's like a retreat weekend. Join us in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And that was the one race I forgot, John Henry. This is funny. 2013 was supposed to be there. It was canceled in October because they got four feet of snow the night <laughs> before the race. So we're going back 10 years later. So that's how people can get involved. They can go to liferunners.org, hit the join button, sign up for monthly updates, updates, order a shirt or a jacket, and wear your witness all in Christ. For pro-life. <laughs> Dr. Pat Castle, thank you so very much for being with us. Thank you for your witness. Thank you, John Henry. And for being witness to us, to give us the courage to witness for Christ, to give us the courage mm. to realize what did we sign up for anyway? Exactly. This is what we, we signed, signed up, up for. for. Praise God. Amen. God bless you, Pat. God bless you, John Henry. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect.